Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For information about the church, you can go to our website, connectionschurch.church, or you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. We worship you today in Jesus' name. Would you say that with me? In Jesus' name. Sometimes it's just good to say his name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Tell somebody happy Thanksgiving on the way down. Happy, happy, happy Thanksgiving to you. I don't know about you, but I can't wait. I look forward to Thanksgiving every year because there's usually a lot of food around. Anybody with me on that? Oh, yeah. Usually a lot of food, maybe too much. But I look forward to that every year. I no longer have to be in northern Ohio on Thanksgiving like I did when I was a kid when there was a lot of snow on the ground. Now I get to be in God's country right here in North Carolina. And praise his name forever. If you would, if you've got your hand out, you're going to want to jot some notes down today. We're going to be moving very quickly because we want to enjoy communion together. I'm excited about that this morning, too. We're talking about Thanksgiving. We're talking about how to give thanks. We're talking about how to have a thankful attitude and an attitude of gratitude, if you will, and, and to live in that constantly. And so this morning, we're going to talk for a few minutes about the art of thankfulness. Say that with me. The art of thankfulness. The art of thankfulness. So what does that mean when we want to make something an art? Some of you are professionals in your fields, or maybe you're an artiste, and you've made it an art. In order to get to that place, in order for it to be an art and not just something that happens occasionally in your life, you've had to perfect it. Is that right? You've had to practice it. Practice makes perfect. We want to make this a way of life, this way of life of thankfulness, not just on a special occasion where we get together once a year at Thanksgiving and and decide to be thankful. No, we want to live this way on a daily basis. Are you with me? At least that's how I want to live. On a daily basis, on an hourly basis, on a regular basis, I want to be thankful. So it goes beyond scheduling. It goes beyond a date on the calendar The 28th of November being Thanksgiving. It goes beyond that. In order for something to be an art, in order for us to perfect it, it has to be our primary focus and our passion. I want thankfulness to be a passion in my life. Will you write that down? Some of you already got a pen, crayon, whatever you stole from your neighbor. You're writing that down. I want thankfulness to be a passion of mine. Not just something I do on occasion. It's something that we can't live without. It consumes us. Thankfulness should consume us. We should see things and and just bust out into thankfulness all the time. So it needs to be a passion. It consumes us. It needs to be the thing that we think about even when we're not thinking about it. I lost some of you on that one. It needs to be the thing that we think about even when we're not thinking about it. Meaning it needs to be something that's just so real to us and so relevant to us and so natural to us that we don't have to muster it up. We just find ourselves being thankful. How many of you have got some friends or maybe some family members that just, that just got a sunny disposition? They just go around and just can't help it. They're just always in a good mood. Don't you just love those kind of people? Especially when you're not. It's natural to them. They haven't made an art out of being thankful. It's the the thing that defines you and drives you to get up in the morning, and maybe it keeps you up late at night to be thankful. So I want to give us a couple of things that we need to think about to make 
thankfulness an art. In order, to, in order for us to make thankfulness an art, gratefulness an art, appreciation a lifestyle, and make this an art, we want to give some thoughts to a couple of things. Are you ready? Are you ready? Number one, I can practice the art of thankfulness by recognizing his hand in my everyday life. Recognizing his hand in my everyday life. How can I make thankfulness an art instead of an occasion in my life? By recognizing his hand in my everyday life. So this takes a bit of practice because for some of us, maybe we were at a place in our lives uh, years ago, maybe we're at a place now, we will be in the future where we can't see God every day. We get up and we go through our routine, but we don't see him there. We don't hear his voice. We don't recognize him every day. So it takes a little bit of practice. We tend to attribute most everything that happens in our lives to, to chance, don't we? We tend to just say things like this. Well, isn't that a coincidence? You ever heard that one? And we don't take time to realize maybe it's not a coincidence. Maybe it's God working in our lives. We, we sometimes say these things. Ah, man, I got lucky. I got lucky. Did you see what just happened to me? I got lucky. But we don't realize it's not luck maybe at all. It's the hand of God in our lives. I've heard this one before too. Well, I barely dodged that one. I barely dodged a bullet on that one. Did you? Maybe it's the hand of God in your life. So we have to make an effort here to see. Everybody say see. And hear. Everybody say hear. Sorry for those of you that don't know, I'm the children's pastor, so this is how we get the message across. We have to understand that we have to see and hear God in everything. And that's the way I want to live my life. Listen to this verse out of John. It's in chapter 1. Don't turn, just listen. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. I like that verse. All things were made through him, and nothing was made without him that was made. I like it because it's so final. It's a direct verse. We don't have to sit and ponder it and go, I wonder what that means. It means what it says. It means nothing was made without God. So we should be able to see him in everything. It doesn't leave any room for us to budge around. How about this verse in Romans 1? This is verse 20. It says this, For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made. What does that mean? It means everywhere we look, we should see God. It means when we look at the mountains, we should say, Oh, look what God did. A lot of people running around these days, or maybe it's already passed and I'm just behind times because I'm a grandpa, and they go, look at God. Have you heard that one? Somebody say, look at God. I like that because it's pointing out that whatever just happened, whatever they just saw, they're attributing that to God. They're saying, look at what God did. He made everything. He's in everything. There was nothing that was made that he didn't make. And so let's make it practical then. We want to better recognize God's hand in our lives Then we want to talk to God every morning. And we want to say something like this. I'm going to give you something right here that you can write down and use tomorrow morning or maybe later today. Here it is. It says something like this. God, I want to be obedient to your voice today. I want to be obedient to your voice today. Do you realize when you pray something like that, you're inviting God to speak to you, right? You're saying, I, I want to hear your voice, so speak to me. Now, for some of us, that might be a little scary to pray something like that. But we want to invite his voice into our lives. 
And then you ask, can you help me hear it? I want to be obedient to your voice today. I want you to help me hear it. I want to notice you along my path today. Can you help me to see you? Would you be bold enough with me this week to pray that prayer? In the morning, before you go anywhere, do anything. Maybe brush your teeth first. Amen? And then pray that prayer. God, I want to hear your voice today. Will you speak to me and help me to hear it? Well, I want to see you today. Will you show yourself to me and help me to see it? Number two, I can practice the art of thankfulness by sharing him. Sharing him. We're taught from just little kids, are we not, to share our toys? Back here in the nursery right now, some of your kids are back there stealing toys from another kid, and there's a teacher back there, a volunteer. God bless them. And they're saying, hey, 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 little Timmy, share. Let them play with it. That never seemed fair to me. I had it first. It's mine, right? No, no, share. You want me to willingly give up something? Yes. I want you to give what you want so badly to little Timmy and let him play with it. We need to share. We're taught to share our toys. We're taught to share candy. We're taught to share recipes. Thank you for sharing your recipes for Thanksgiving with us. I love some of the stuff you guys make. It's so good. We share everything in life. We share parenting tips. I've seen some of you share parenting tips. I don't know how you're still alive. Not in my house, baby. My house, you did the wrong thing, you got to pop. That's how it worked. That's the parenting tip from Scott today. But we tend to stay away from sharing Jesus. Isn't that sad? We'll share everything else in our lives, and we do it willingly. We pour it out on Facebook. Here, try this. But then when it comes to Jesus, we hold that back. We're kind of hesitant to open our mouths. We need to share Jesus we need to, and if you'll allow me to use this word, we need to gospel to everyone. I understand that's not a verb, but I'm using it that way. We're going to gospel to everyone. We're going to share the good news to everyone. Every time we see somebody, it takes some practice. It takes wanting to make thankfulness an art to say, hey, let me share Jesus with you. Can I tell you something? In Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says this, and Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every creature. So here's how you practice. I'm going to be a little facetious here. You're out in the woods. You're by yourself. You're taking a hike. You see a little uh, grasshopper on the ground. Preach the gospel to the grasshopper. Tell him, oh, you won't believe what God did for me this week. Oh, I was late for work, and he cleared the, pa the path, and the traffic lights all turned green. Praise God, I made it on work on time, because if I'd have been late, it was the third time this month, and they'd have probably wrote me up. Praise God, grasshopper. Don't you agree? Practice. Practice. It says to go out and preach the world to every creature. That would include humans. Not just grasshoppers and your dog. My dog's gotten saved so many times. You all don't understand. My dog is deaf, but I will preach to him when I'm coming to preach to you. I will share the whole message with him and then say, what do you think? Sometimes he licks areas. I'm, I'm just not sure, not sure what he thought of it after he does that. Preach the gospel. Share who Jesus is. Sometimes this calls for us to share our testimony. Have you ever heard that word? The story of who you are and how you got to be who you are in Christ. That's a long definition of the word testimony. Don't just share with them the good things that are happening in your life. Share with them why the good things are happening in your life. 
That was a great time for an amen. Some of you are just not awake this morning. Testimony. What is your story? How did you get here? You don't have to have a story like Paul did where he got knocked off his horse and spent three days blind and went through all of that. Some of us have gone through transformations like that, the knocked off the horse experience. Some of us didn't have to take that. Some of us maybe not so stubborn like I am and it didn't take God knocking me off my horse. But whatever it is, whatever got you to this place, whatever allows you to come to church on a Sunday morning and say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Tell him why that is. How can you be that way? Why do you always have that sunny disposition? What is it inside of you? Am I preaching too hard for some of you this morning? I'm trying to tell you, you've got a story inside there. It's called a testimony. And it's not just, hey, i uh, living a pretty good life and I've got plenty to eat at home. No, sir. You better tell them why. Don't you leave out the details. Don't you leave out the one that got you there. That is your testimony. Share him with other people. This is something that's missing from the church today. I don't know that I'm advocating this because some of you might actually take us up on it. But it used to be back in the day why on Sunday morning they went around and just said, brother, share your testimony. You remember that? Anybody in the room remember that? Oh, I grew up in churches like that. And they'd say, sisters, stand up and share your testimony. And half of us would go to sleep, but she's still over there telling how God has brought her through. I think we miss a little bit of that in the church today because he is still moving mountains. He is still breaking chains. And people need to stand up and say, hey, listen to what God has done for me. You can practice the art of thankfulness by sharing who he is in your life. Number three, very quickly, I can practice the art of thankfulness by praising him. Praise him. Well, that's why we get in here on Sunday morning, and that's why we turn on the sound system, and that's why this team gets up here faithfully every week and sings. They're not singing to you. They're not singing to me. They're singing to him. They're praising his name. I know the heart behind it, and they're here to praise him always and in every state of being. Don't miss that. I want to praise him always and in every state of being. I might not feel like it sometimes. Maybe something's going on in my life. I'm down, depressed, downtrodden. But what do I do? I praise him anyway. Turn to your neighbor and say, praise him anyway. Some of you need to hear that. We preach that a lot from up here. Praise him anyway. Because even in those things that we sometimes call valleys, he is present. He is present. He will carry you through. Listen to this verse from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. It says, therefore, by him. See, it's not about us. We couldn't do it. We would choose not to. How many of you would have stayed in bed this morning if it was all up to you? Oh, I would have. But I had God down there going, get up. You got to get up. It's time to go to church. By him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God. Sometimes it's a sacrifice and sometimes it's not. Sometimes I get in here and it just comes naturally and I can just praise him and it doesn't feel like a sacrifice. Sometimes I'm in here going, come on, Scott, you got something in there that's got to come out. You got to get up and do this thing. You better praise him. They're only going to sing one more song. Has anybody ever thought through that during the song service at church? Is that just me? There's only one more. I know one, two. Yep, they're only going to do one more. I better get with it. I better praise him. We've got to recognize that he is present in our everyday lives. And we should praise him. Last one. I've got. I can 
Practice the art of thankfulness by remembering him. Ushers, would you go ahead and come? I can practice the art of thankfulness by remembering him. And so we're going to do that right here in the middle of the message today. Say, well, that's an odd place to have communion. It is. That's why I do stuff like that, because it's odd. It's weird. Y'all are thinking it's nuts. That's why I do it. To keep you awake, to keep you on your toes. I can practice the art of thankfulness by remembering him. So as you take that juice this morning, and as you take that piece of bread that these ushers are now serving, go ahead and serve us. Start to remember him. See, the Lord consistently in Scripture tells us to remember everything. As a matter of fact, way back in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy, can you take the elements and listen at the same time? Way back in Deuteronomy, the Lord writes through Moses and says, fix these words of mine in your hearts and your minds. He says, tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. And then he says this, teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. He was reminding them, all the things I've done for you, remember those things. And don't just remember those things. Teach them to your kids, grandparents. Teach them to your grandkids. Teach them to the neighbor's kids. Tell everybody. But remember what he's done for you. The psalmist writes in Psalm 105, verse 5, remember the wonders he has done. His miracles and the judgments he pronounced. You see, it's God who pronounces judgment. We don't have to do that. We don't have to take that on. That hit me really hard early this morning for somebody in this room. I don't want to belabor that point, but I want somebody to hear that because they've got something going on in their life and they feel like it's their job to pronounce judgment. Guess what? Not your job. Not your job. That's God's job. Your job is to remember Him, praise Him, share Him. It's His job. He, he, he does all the miracles. There's no, wow, look at that. It just happened to by coincidence. Oh, no. Can I bring to your mind as you hold those elements this morning? It's even the bad stuff, the things that we label bad stuff that we praise Him for. Why he might be working in you. So why keep resisting it? Why keep fighting it off? Say, Lord, if this is what you have for me, I don't like it. It hurts. But if you're here with me, I can make it. Of course, at the time when Jesus gathered the disciples together for communion, he washed their feet. 
he passed the bread and he passed the cup as we are now doing and he commanded them see a lot of times we take that as a suggestion but he commanded them he said as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup remember me See, he knew he was about to go to the cross, and he had told the disciples that, those that were present in the room, but they didn't have the full knowledge of what would happen like you and I do. Listen, right here. They didn't know. They didn't know what was gonna happen. They, they thought they knew, just like when you have been told in your life that something was coming up, you maybe have a vacation in your mind or something's coming up down the line. You sort of have a concept of what that's gonna look like, but you don't know could be all different and so they kind of had a concept like that of what was going to happen they had no idea they had no idea so often during communion the taking of the elements in a church service it's a time of mourning don't you feel that way Sometimes, almost feels like you're supposed to look inwardly. And that's definitely something that we should all do at a time like this when we're getting ready to remember in this way the Lord. But I don't want that to be the only thing we do today. You see, the, the disciples who were there in Jerusalem, do you remember why they were there? They were there for Passover. Passover was a celebration. It was a festival in Jerusalem. They were all there for Passover. Passover was a party. Passover was there to say, look what God has done. Amen? They were looking back. They were looking back on Egypt and how God had delivered them from Egyptian bondage. Listen to these words, how he had saved them. That's what they were looking back on. So as we, as brothers and sisters in Christ, partake of communion today, I want you to look back. What has God saved you from? Amen? Oh, some mighty dark, deep holes that he saved me from. Some places I could have been, but I'm not because of his grace and his mercy. So just like they did at Passover, we're looking back. And we're saying, oh God, thank you for what you saved me from. And then the other thing we're going to do while we take communion together today is we're going to look around. We're not going to stay in this position right here and only stare at our hands. We're going to look at everybody else. Do that now. Look, look around the room. As people are holding the elements. You see, when we take communion together, when we partake of the Lord's Supper together, we're sharing the gospel with one another. Isn't that current and relevant? We're saying, look, I'm doing this in remembrance of my Savior. Look at you, you're doing this in remembrance of my Savior. It binds us together as the body of Christ. So not only are we going to look back, but we're going to look around and we're going to say, I see you over there. I see you, my brother. I see you, my sister, sharing in this moment. And then we're going to look forward. We're going to look forward to the day. Do you know that's what part of communion is also? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 26, 
When he gave the elements to his disciples, he said, as often as you do this, remember me. Listen, this is important. And then he said, I'm not going to eat again until you come to eat with me at my father's house. Oh, that's good right there. Something just ran through me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. He said, Jesus said, I'm not going to eat again of this until you come and eat with me in my father's house. Isn't that good? So we're looking back and saying, God, thank you for what you saved me from. We're looking around the room, looking at now, saying, look at my brothers and sisters. We are united as the body of Christ. And we're looking to the future because you and you and you and all of us are going to be with him in glory someday and sit down at that table. And Jesus, who's been waiting, hallelujah, is going to say, I'm going to pass the bread. Y'all ain't feeling this like I am, I can tell. I'm going to pass the bread, and I'm going to pass the juice, and we're going to eat together. Hallelujah! That's good news right there. And so, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread. God, I thank you for this little token of bread. And as I look back to all the things you brought me out of, Jesus, and all the places I could have been, I say, thank you. Oh, am I the only one? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I could have been dead and in a ditch, but I'm not this morning. It's all because of you. Thank you for your body that was given for me. I remember you. And I'm looking around the room and I'm seeing my brothers and sisters. And just in seeing that, it builds my faith that this many people would partake of this with me. And I'm looking forward to the day when I'm going to sit at the table with you, Jesus. And I'm going to eat this bread with you. Will you eat your bread? Hallelujah. My Heavenly Father, this grape juice and this little cup means you gave your blood for me. And so as I look back to all the sins I've committed and the things that I can still remember, I know this morning you don't even remember them. You brought me out of a, a hard place. You brought me out of a deep, miry clay and all those things Heavenly Father, that I remember today, you don't even hold against me. And as I look around this room to my brothers and sisters who are holding their cup in their hand, they believe in your blood too, Jesus. They believe that by your stripes they are healed. They believe that you're a soon coming king. And as I look forward to the day, Jesus, when I will sit with you at your table, at the table you've prepared for me, and you'll pass this cup, and you'll be grateful as I am to see us there. We thank you. I thank you for this cup of your blood that atoned for me on Calvary. Would you take the cup with me? One more thought before I pray. That's just a little bit of bread. That's just a little bit of juice. Think about this. There's so much more coming. You say, well, pastor, that little bit of bread and that little bit of juice kind of left me thirsty. Exactly. Exactly. The thirstier you are, the hungrier you are for Jesus, the more you'll live your life with the art of thankfulness. Amen? Thank you, Heavenly Father, for your gift 
of eternal salvation. And thank you for this communion, communing together with my brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that with you, all things are possible. Amen. Good. As we continue into the thankfulness, give me a second here. We can be thankful in the art of thankfulness in thinking of him. And Pastor Scott mentioned a little bit on a daily basis, we can learn to meditate on God, meditate on his word, what his word says to us to be true. Thinking about on an everyday, busy, uh, real-life experience, you wake up in the morning, you got the hustle and bustle, you're going to work, and you've, next thing I know, it's 11 o'clock. It's about time to eat lunch. Have you thought about God yet? you thought about everything else you got to do that day. You've thought about everything, but have you thought about God and the goodness that he is and he gives us? In Philippians 4.18, we know the story about Paul and how he's always, seems like he's always in jail or persecutor for preaching the word of God. But I wanted to give you something to encourage you. Paul urges us and encourages us. It says, finally, brethren and sisters, whatever, you, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if any of these things is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. He was talking about the things of God, the attributes of God. These things are lovely. They're, they're worth you thinking about, worth you pondering on and meditating daily. And, and it just does something to you when you can meditate on something. Meditate on it and just let it sink in. You know, sometimes I'll, I'll wake up in the middle of the night singing a song that we sung Sunday. It could be Thursday. And I'm sitting here and I'm waking up and I've got a song in my head. And uh, part of his, um, he took where his punter at. He took what was good or what was meant for evil. Take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it into good. I'll wake up two or three o'clock in the morning and just repeating that in my mind, in my soul, in my spirit, and I'll wake up in a good mood and I can wake up and say, you know what? He took what the enemy meant for evil and turned it into good. Bless you, God, for this day. You know, there's two types of people in this world. Can you do me a favor? Can you cover this up for me? Can you cover that for me? There's two types of people in this world. And like Pastor Scott said before, we know the types of people, the positive the go-getters, the, the, the sun always rises and, and everything's a happy, happy day. And then you've got the other side. The woe is me. It's raining on my parade again. You don't understand. I've got to go through this again. And you don't understand. It's, I call that the, the, the Eeyore, the um, Eeyore syndrome. Just walking. And what you don't realize is that if you learn to meditate on God and meditate on his word, there is no possible way you could walk around every day humped over, thinking about woe is me, when you know the goodness of God and what he's done for you and what he can do for you. Number two, speaking of him. Speaking, and I like how sometimes we piggyback what we're... Speaking of him involves for you to use action. 
and to use sound. And a sound gets somebody's attention. You can be over in the other room, but you hear a sound and you turn to hear what they're saying. Who likes football? Basketball, soccer, hockey. You cannot go to a game and sit there and not make a sound. Just a question for you. Why is that such that we come to church and we think we have to be so reserved and, and be so politically correct and just sit here? This is the house of God. He said, come and make a joyful noise unto me. It's okay to express yourself. Sometimes when you're passionate about something, you express yourself. You can't see Hunter up here just playing the guitar. He's passionate about what he does. He loves it. God has given him that desire. In Acts 18, 9, Paul, again, Paul, he was feeling kind of like, oh, man, I can't seem to do anything right. I'm always getting put in jail. And he had a vision from the Lord. And the Lord said, basically, I'm paraphrasing, Paul, no matter what you go through, no matter what seems to be coming at you, always speak my word. It says, speak his gospel, speak his goodness, his saving grace. No matter what, speak my words, because they carry life in them. So it's going to have you to, to uh, open your mouth sometimes. You know, wake up in the morning, you see your coworker. Hey, how you doing this morning? God is good, isn't he? How many times do we talk about God outside of our circle? Now, we can talk about God with our connect group. And you might have a friend that's, you know, you can talk about God. But how many times when you're in line at the grocery store? And you, I've experienced with that person behind me. How you doing? I'm doing fine, doing God. God is good, isn't he? And it catches me off guard sometimes. But then I'll turn around, you know what? Yes, he is. He is really good. So I'm going to challenge you this week to speak about God more. No matter what you're going through, speak about him. If it's just to say, you know what? God's good. There you go. <laughs> and all the time, God is good. Thirdly is act like him. In the art of thankfulness, we need to act like him who created us. Jesus was a role model for us. He gave us the outline of how to do this thing. In Philippians 2, <clears throat> excuse me, 2, 7, and 8, uh, it speaks briefly. And being found in the appearance as a man, that's the word made flesh. It's talking to Jesus. He humbled himself. By becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now, this is the word in heaven. He humbled himself enough to come and take on this fleshly, sometimes it hurts, sometimes it aches, body. And he was obedient to the Father. No matter what the Father asked, he was obedient to the Father. So why can't we be more like Jesus? I'm not asking you to, to walk on water by no means. But just some of the normal characteristics he had as a human. He was, he was humble. He was obedient. Since we know how he acted, why can't we follow that? Why can't we imitate Christ? Why can't we uh, be grateful for the little things that we have? 
You know, why can't we be giving? Why can't we be loving? How about this? Why can't we go to that person that's talked about us all week? That person that said something bad on Facebook. That person that maybe you just don't like. Does anybody, I, I, we can be real. God said we have to love them. But did he really say we had to like them? Sometimes it's hard to like people. I'm just being honest with you guys. I mean, y'all, if, if y'all holier than I am, hey, come on. But sometimes it's hard people to like. Go to them. Show them that kindness of God. Show them the love of God. Show them, hey, you know what? No matter what, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to be there. I'll pray for you, for those who've mistreated you. Let's take on the characteristics of God. Let's be the, the, take on the role model that Jesus gave us, the outline that he gave us to follow. And let's be thankful in everything we do. You know, there's a the thankfulness. Oh, excuse me. Thankfulness and praise. Sometimes we put them together. They're separate, but they go together. It's like having peanut butter and jelly. You got to have them to make a good sandwich. <laughs> Thankfulness, thanking him for the things that he's done, to, done for us. Let me read what it, so. Praise is the act of complimenting God for what he truly is. Thanksgiving is thanking him for what he's done for you. So, and I'm going to say this this way. I want you guys to listen, catch it. He is what he does, and he does who he is. You'll get that later. He is what he does, and he does who he is. So as we start to close, you guys can start coming up, and we start to think about this time of year and this Thanksgiving season. And, you know, I was taught a long time ago, don't just wait on Thanksgiving to be thankful. We've got so much as a body, as a nation to be thankful for. We could thank people every day and still not have enough thankfulness. So as praise team comes up, Pastor Scott's going to come up and close the service for us. I can't think of any better way to end our time together by, than by praising him and thanking him. But before we get to that, does anybody in the house like I just need to be more thankful? I mean, that's just admitting something, right? That's just seeing something during the course of the last few minutes and saying, yeah, I need to, I need to work on that. I need to work on sharing him better. I need to work on speaking about him better. I need to work on praising him better. And so I'm just going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a brief second. And if that's you, and you just want to say today with me right here before Thanksgiving, hey, I'm going to work on that. But I realize I can't do that on my own. See, that's what I love about the gospel. That's what I love about church. 
That's what I love about coming here with you guys. Is that I can't do any of this on my own. I don't have it inside of me. The whole gospel is based on the fact that we couldn't do it on our own. We needed somebody to do it for us. And so if you're with me today, and you'd be willing to raise your hand across this room and say, Pastor, I'm going to work on one of those things, or maybe the Holy Spirit laid something on your heart today that we didn't even mention, but I just want to perfect the art of thankfulness. Will you raise your hand with me? Oh, yeah, hands all over the place. Good, I'm glad I'm not alone here today. We just want to be a more thankful person, a more thankful married couple, a more thankful family. Would you take one more step with me? I like it when we just get together. Would you just come down here with me? You're just saying with me, and I'm the first one here to just stand here and say, I want to be more thankful. Yeah. We're just going to pray together. That he would give us the ability to be more thankful, to perfect the art of thankfulness in our lives. Isn't this a great time to get this right? Right here before Thanksgiving. Come on. We're waiting on you. Because then as we gather around the table with our families or go help out at the homeless shelter or whatever we're going to do, maybe you're going to help deliver these Thanksgiving boxes that are here in this room today that are going out to families today for Thanksgiving. You'll do that with a different heart. Amen? See, because it won't be about ourselves. It won't be about what we can muster up. It'll be about what God's done in us. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the hearts of the people in this room. God, they, they walked down here. They took a step in this direction for the express purpose of just saying, Jesus, I need your help to be more thankful. I need to see your hand more in my everyday life. I want to hear your voice. I want to see you move every day in my life. I don't want to just go through the motions. I want to hear your voice. I want to see your face. I want to be led by you. And so we're praying together today as a family who received communion together, who, who remembered who you are. Now we're remembering that you're the God that can help us with all of our needs. And we thank you and we do that together in one voice. Would you just begin to thank him? Thank him for who he is in your life. Thank him for getting you to this point. Oh, it's been hard. There's been some difficult areas in your life already, but thank him because you're standing here today. You've got breath in your lungs that you can praise Him with. He hasn't failed you yet, has He? No. And He won't fail you. He doesn't have the ability to fail you. One of those attributes is He can't fail. So, Heavenly Father, we ask You to reveal Yourself to us. We want to listen to Your voice and be led by You every day. Will you speak to us? Help us to hear your voice. And we want to see your handiwork in our everyday lives. Will you show yourself to us and help us to see you in everything around us? Help us to perfect the art of thankfulness.
in our lives. In Jesus' name. Now we get to worship him one more time before we leave this place. Together. I'm going to stay right here. I want you to stay here with me. Because one of the practices in the art of thankfulness is to praise him. Will you all stand with us today? We're going to praise him. Amen? For who he is. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. For more information, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.